Welcome to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. And in front of me are my two best friends in the world. Guys, go ahead and let the people hear your voice. Uh, once again, everybody, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm Calvin McGowan. And I just started watching wrestling, which has nothing to do with anything, but yeah. Okay, this is Philip Dixon, uh, a.k.a. Tire Boy Wonder. Good. Sweepy, but that's just part of life. You feel me? So. I like the sweepy and you, Calvin's athletics, baby. It's all in the same boat. Entertainment, my friend. Uh, guys, we're gonna go ahead and get started with a Draymond Green inspired version of the tip off. Philip, let him have a Draymond Green inspired version of the tip of the tip off. That is exactly what this is now. There are two things I want to go along uh, this green route with. Uh, The first thing is uh, a very topical one, being the flagrant two that he received uh, during uh, the game against Memphis Grizzlies, which resulted in him getting kicked out of the game. One, he definitely deserved flagrant two because... If you're saying that he didn't deserve the flagrant two, you are ignoring the fact that he not only hit him in the face and the head, but then he grabbed his shirt on the way down. And it's not as if his hand went into his shirt on action to pull down. He crumpled his hand around the collar and brought it down. You can't just fake that. So if people are going, oh, it's just built off reputation, that's why, yes, because he's been doing the same things for years. Once again, not doing different things and getting flagrant two for different things. He's been doing the exact same things for years, which, spoiler alert, are going to result in a flagrant two once again. What is it? The definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again? Hoping for a different result? No. no. This must be insane. Because he keeps doing the same things over and over again, thinking or maybe hoping for a different result. The result is going to be a flagrant two. Now, people are going to say the day, it didn't matter. It did matter. You got lucky. Clay Thompson, don't ever miss those free throws. John Morant, don't ever miss those kinds of layups. You got very lucky. So you probably should not do these things again. I would say, man, I loved, I love Dennis Rodman, the way he, I would have hated Dennis Rodman if I was alive and really like, you know, thinking about the basketball game, thinking about the game of basketball in the 90s. I would have thought this man was the worst because Draymond Green is essentially doing the same similar but different antics. You know what I mean? So when he gets flagrant two, he gets out of the game, he's jumping up and skipping down the pans in the air, doing all kind of stuff. I'm like, get out the gym so we can get the game going, you corny, corny, corny man. I was so frustrated watching this man because he's literally trying to 
put out there that that shouldn't have been a flagrant two. And Steph Curry's like, oh, this is bad for the game. Whatever, Steph Curry. You shooting these threes. Yeah, that's definitely great for the game. Whatever. So he has no say about what's good and bad for the game. But also, Draymond Green, we all know, we all understand that we're not playing in 2006. We're not playing in 1994. This is basketball in 2022. You know exactly the what the results are going to be for the actions you take on the court. So don't be surprised that when you hit a man in the head and then actively pull, pull down on his jersey afterwards as he's on his way up, won't result in what this is, you dumb, dumb man. Secondly, I don't know how I feel about Draymond Green being some, what what are they called? Like, on-site reporter. Every single game, he put his little shades on and talk about his game and talk about the games and other playoff games afterwards. I personally like the divide between analyst and, you know, in-game individual, right? I personally like the divide. I'm not sure that what Draymond Green is doing in terms of talking about each game afterwards, putting across a very specific narrative, is good for... Uh, is adding is adding anything? <coughs> excuse me. Is adding anything to? I want because I almost said not good for. It. I just want to scratch that. I want to say it's not adding anything to the game. He's not adding anything. And for me, it's either you got to be adding something in terms of like basketball intellect, or adding something in terms of entertainment. It's not entertaining, right? He's sitting there. It's a little muffled up. Uh, listen, this man's a millionaire, and why he looking like us? <laughs> like, I'm be real with you. Why he looking worse than us? This man a millionaire. Come on, Draymond, step it up. But also, he's given some analytics, but like, not even analytics. He's given some like point of view and thought process, but like, it's not even like dumbfounding to where like you're like, whoa, I never thought about that. I can't. Uh, uh, I thought about the whole different. Changing my mind on something. He don't change nobody's mind. J.J. Reddick changes people's minds about what they say, right? Uh, uh, to use a basketball example. But he don't change nobody's mind on nothing. And he's not entertaining. TNT, they entertaining. How are you less entertaining than ESPN? How are you less entertaining than Michael Wilborn? <laughs> right? He essentially is. And so I just wanted to tip that Draymond Green's antics on the court, Draymond Green's, not necessarily antics, but his on-site reporting, or something like that, that, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying my my life as a person who watches a lot of basketball and takes in a lot of basketball information, be a podcast, radio, uh, YouTube, TV, whatever, that if you just take him 
and his platform out of it don't change my life. So I haven't watched any of these uh, Draymond upgrade updates. Like I just don't have any interest in it. Like Draymond's a cool dude, but like I kind of like his tweets. That's about it. Uh, so is he basically like interviewing himself? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I didn't think about that in that kind of way or context, but that's essentially what it is. He's interviewing himself. And listen, I don't interview triple singles. Why do you deserve an interview? <laughs> Why do you deserve an interview? You sign something from a Burger King menu. Like, that don't make no sense. It's, um, it's, I, I don't know. And it's, it's funny because I was watching, uh, I was watching, uh, like, them talking about like there's like a video of like um ESPN had like put out like on like giving out assists like Steph Curry kind of stuff and they were all chess passes. Steph Curry was doing the amazing the amazing things, like he was doing like he was taking shots that should not be good shots and they weren't good shots. But for Steph Curry, they're just shots. You know what I mean? In terms of three point line, and I'm just like, are we really saying Draymond's IQ is that high when he just be giving people chess passes that are incredibly talented, but whatever. That's another situation for a different day. Hey, you, you don't know what he's doing to set up those plays, Philip. Like, that's yeah, what right. he said, he I said just don't he, feel like having this conversation for like the 13th time. It needs to be had for the 15th time. You are <laughs> setting a brush screen and giving, handing the ball off. You don't even look to score. You just passing the ball and then shooting your open threes and bricking them. Whatever. I'm done. But that's not well, that's the point right now. The point was those two initial things I said. Oh, that, that, that is a point. That I'm not sure how to feel about the on-site uh, reporting of Draymond Green, but also, like, uh, you know, um, his he did he did do that thing, that thing or two. Yeah. Speaking of which, are the Memphis Grizzlies just about to like force Draymond to actually play offense? Because there's there's no reason why you there's no reason why you guard Draymond at this point. Like he can't shoot. Like he's not really a threat to draw. Like do you just give him space and be like do something besides pass it to everybody else? I mean, like the thing is that's the thing to do. Um, but you're gonna want him on the floor for that to work. Um, like if, if hypothetically he gets another flagrant, he's gonna <sighs> miss. That would what, be like the better part of three games as a result of a flagrant, hypothetically. And like, yeah, like that. That that strategy only works when he's on the floor. Um. So it, um, but it might I mean, work. It'd probably be something I'd try. See, the thing is, that makes it so difficult, though, is, okay, you can back up off Draymond Green, but he don't want to score. Like, I mean, I don't mean it actively. He actively, because, like, okay, so for a lot of other people and a lot of other people who have teams, if you back up off him, right, mm-hmm. 
if you put him in 95% of other teams in the NBA, you, you drop him in one of those scenarios. You back up off him, you can play defense on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But Steph Curry makes difficult shots and is in such good shape. And Klay Thompson makes such difficult shots and is in good shape. And Poole does the exact same thing now that him just running around and setting brush screens and handing the ball off and all that kind of stuff, they are able to finish the job because they're making really, really difficult plays. You him you backing up off him don't mean nothing because he doesn't he doesn't want to shoot the ball. He'll shoot the ball if he has to, but he don't want to. Like here's the thing though, all right. So we talk about dra- backing up off Draymond. You're not. It's not just oh, I'm I'm daring this man to score. Which yes, you are. You do like want him to try and take shots because as we've established, he is offensively challenged at the NBA level, um, and has been for a little minute now. Um, but right, like hypothetically, um. And like I don't I don't remember who guarded who too much from uh, last game. Like hypothetically, right for the for the Grizzlies, like Brandon Clark is spends most of his time on Draymond for some reason. That's probably not what's happening because Brandon Clark's a pretty solid defender. But mm. you have him back up off Draymond. All, all he's basically you basically want him on free range defender. Actually, in that case, you might want. Uh, you might want Jaron Jackson Jr. on him most of the time because shot blocking and such. Um, but the person on Draymond is basically running free range defender. Your only job is to play help defense, right? Like, make like somebody has a pick. Like you, you oh, like I would have him over help on the pick, force them to make that pass to Draymond. Will if if Draymond hits thirty, we'll we'll live with that. It's like it, it might be the last time he does it in his career. Question: What's his career high? <laughs> I'm looking it up because I'm trying to figure out the last time he he at least scored like 20, and I I just it's it's a head scratcher. Um, so oh, I'm no. looking through game logs now. Last time Draymond had 20, he he had 16 this year. Whoa, cool. <laughs> that's not what I asked though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're gonna find a Draymond scoring a thirty. Like, I'm really gonna look this up because the funny thing is, all the other people in like basketball history that have even the same but similar roles as Draymond Green, a good amount of them played for like other teams, so you can so you can like gauge like. How how good were they really? Or, you know, what was their usefulness or benefit really? You know what I mean? Uh, has been in the, ex- not the exact same system, but a very similar system. Um, or, you know, uh, with the Golden State, or he's uh, been in the Olympics with all the best players in the world. So you can't really gauge really accurately just how how talented he really is. It's very strange. He's going to the Hall of Fame, but he's probably the hardest person to actually gauge about benefit that translates to more than just Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. That's fair, but, like, I would say that, like, even with that, though, like, you can still look and be like, they can't play the type of defense they play 
like at the moment. Like like the type the way NBA the, the NBA plays defense now would not be how they play defense if he didn't exist. Like he um but also what, what I mean that is like prior to him and prior to like, you know, Golden State, dudes like him didn't like who like do people we considered like the NBA considered like tweeners or whatever, right? Not sure if you're a three or a four or whatever. Those dudes didn't stick in the league. Most of them. Mm-hmm. Or they found a specific spot. Um and like he while you don't want him on everybody all the time, he can he was the first he was one of the like I can't really think of anybody else who you like when he when like Golden State really started to hit, who people were comfortable like, yeah, he can guard one through five. People also really weren't really looking for that then either. They were um, you're right, you're right. They weren't looking at that. But I think that for him specifically, he has the fortunate circumstance, I guess, mm-hmm. to be able to focus on that side of the of the basketball mm-hmm. because of the situation he's in offensively, but also defensively. Clay Thompson pre uh, Achilles and ACL was no was no slouch defensively. You know what I mean? And so for a long time, Draymond guarded the best, you know, uh, fours, fives, and threes sometimes of the other team. But Clay Thompson was guarding the best ones and twos. Yeah. So for a long time, we didn't even, we didn't even get a chance to see Draymond guard the guards. So people were saying, yeah, he go he can guard one through five. It was like, yeah, sure, he can guard one through he can guard a one or two on one possession right. or two possessions of the game, but that wasn't his job. He because they had all take they had a Clay they had Clay Thompson who was there to guard them the high majority of the time. And it wasn't just like one through two. Clay Thompson was guarding the best guard every single time because Steph Curry's gonna get cooked on defense. Mm-hmm. So Clay Thompson was digging the brunt of and this is and since that's been a thing uh NBA is a guard heavy league. You know what I mean? Like when Draymond really started popping off and oh my god, Golden State's this or whatever, at the very beginning, the best thing in the NBA was DeMarcus Cousins. Honestly, right? And so Giannis wasn't what Giannis was today. Um and you know, all the big men we see who are like really dominating today. Why does it Draymond hasn't had the guard here? So, yeah. The dominant DeMarcus Cousins sounds like so long ago, bro. That's like five years ago. Because he, ha- he, he hasn't been healthy since he left the Pelicans. That's very true. Um, yeah, is that 2017? Yeah. Hey, I got, I got some fun stats for you guys. <clears throat> the last time Draymond Green had scored 20 points in a basketball game was December 25th, 2019. Three years. I'm the not last... gonna lie, that feels more recent than I was expecting you to say. <laughs> oh, his his last thirty point game is even better. It is Game Seven in the finals, which they lost uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers on June nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. Wow. Yeah. I I appreciate you refining this. I have no idea how you did it, but good job. Yeah. Game logs. ESPN. Shout out to you guys. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's hilarious. Like, go, you know how like they they show you how many points you scored or like what your average was for like a month. I don't think he's ever had until the playoffs come. 
he has not had a month, like consecutive months of double figure scoring. And I mean, like I just Come find on. it interesting. I just find it interesting that since Michigan State, in college as a whole, another monster we all know it is. But since Michigan State, he has always played on a team with the world's greatest something. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it well, is funny because. Like, okay, never mind. Continue. No, no, I'm just like. That's, like, the, the whole thing with not just Draymond, but a lot of dudes in the league is, like, a lot of how a career shakes out or, like, how dudes develop can depend in a lot of ways on where they end up, like, when they get drafted and whatever. Draymond, but Draymond Green's smart because even Scottie Pippen played for Portland. Draymond Green setting himself up to retire a Golden State Warrior, like, with Clay Thompson, with Steph Curry, they're gonna they, they might continue on. He will retire because he's already making that transition towards like the and he's making that transition toward TNT analysts essentially, right? He's gonna retire before we ever have a chance to see him transition with another player or another team somewhere else before he gets traded. I I bet I'd bet a house on it. Well, I mean, one, if I was him, I probably wouldn't want to play anywhere else at this point i've spent my entire career with these dudes i actually i presume presumably i'm pretty sure they all like each other right and they Mm. have a bunch of rings at this point um if i am him right like scotty didn't like nobody talks about the portland trailblazers with scotty pippen for good reason scotty was already was already old jordan had already retired like he probably just wasn't the same player anymore, by and large. I mean, but he was the same player. But he also had those two years, two year and a half, whatever, uh, when uh, Jordan retired the first time. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm just using that as an example of, like, even the greatest, like, assists, all-around players, we say, all-around players, like assists, mm-hmm. rebound, whatever, defender players. Mm-hmm. They have, we have all seen them. We have seen them all play in different situations and scenarios. And he intelligently is setting himself up to never be that way. So he will never get exposed. Uh-huh. Because I remember at one point he was talking to Paul Pierce crazy. Like, you man, you ain't so and so. Why you do this? You getting a jersey retired and a little ceremony all that stuff. He is never what Paul Pierce was. Like people want to forget pre-2010, Paul Pierce was a like, he was he, he was a monster, monster. And he turned crazy to him. So as soon as you take him out of a scenario where he's not surrounded by the greatest insert name, insert skill, then all that talk he did for all those years literally is null and void. Well, so like, here's the thing, though. I don't think he I don't think he thinks he's on Paul Pierce's level, right? Like, I don't think he thinks he's like, I, I don't, here's, when I say that, like, I don't think he's confused about what his role is. Right now, he talks a lot of shit, all right? He does. This is known. Um, he is a very competitive dude. But, like, I don't think he is delusional in terms of being like, 
like he 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 knows he's not gonna go somewhere and put up like thirty like thirty and ten a night. He's not also not really trying to. See, I don't think think he's delusional by any means. I think he knows exactly where he fits. But there are a lot of really stupid basketball fans. So as long as he can put himself in a position to where there's an argument amongst the fans, his legacy is solidified. The fans, and especially this Golden State fan base, he as long as he can pull a wool over their eyes by putting himself in the best situation possible, according to the fans, he don't have to say a word for the rest of his career. The fans will go, this, that, whatever, because he didn't allow them to take him out of a certain context. And that is a very, and I want to reiterate this, and I'm a not a Draymond fan, but that is a very intelligent thing to do. It is. It's very smart and intelligent thing to do. Because if you leave your legacy up in the fans' hands, and all of a sudden you've only been in positive situations your entire time, they will forget about that time we were on the World Cup team or the World Cup team and you didn't play no minutes. They're, they'll forget all about that because that was one specific time throughout your time at Golden State and the Olympic team when not all the best players in the world played. And all- Folks also don't pay attention to the basketball world. Uh, exactly. But, like, but he's okay with that because the more popular basketball gets, the worse takes you're going to get because – there's going to be a lot more people talking about basketball that don't know about basketball, right? So analogy would be Trump became president. You had a lot of people talking politics who didn't know none about politics. So you saw how really dumb people were when it came to politics. Basketball, the more popular it gets, it's going to become the exact same thing. And the more popular it becomes and the more that mindset becomes, the more Draymond Green's legacy doesn't become, man, context this, context that. It is. He won so many championships, and he played for so many years, and he was the best defender on the team the entire time. That's it. So, okay, two things. One, we need to move on from this. But two, um, what I will say, though, right, is it like, um, it's like I get what you're saying, but like, like that it would be, that like it, I'm assuming it would be a not, entirely different argument for what was Buddy's name? I'm trying to make sure I get the right one. I'm pretty sure Casey Jones who played with Bill Russell back when he was winning all them rings. Right? Mm-hmm. He was the point guard. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you you have the, the, the rings argument, but like, nobody's putting him as an all-timer, for real. Shoot. And his name on the uh, top 75? Casey Jones? Because I think he might be on there. I'm pretty sure it was like, It's like eight or nine Celtics. When there should that probably doesn't be surprise like, me, but I. Like, I mean, okay, how about this? I don't remember. I think it's this, and I and I literally, I literally ended on this. You have not once on a mainstream level, right? Because remember, most of the people get their tags from Stephen A. Smith. You have not heard once that somebody called Draymond Green a system player when he's only played in one to two systems his entire NBA career. Two, two right? Sure. And like, and, and, and how far off? And how big is the change that Steph Curry or uh, that Steve Kerr does from Mark Jackson? It's not crazy 
different. Like there's not it's not worlds different, right? It was just the growth and experience of the players became more. That that's pretty solidified. The term system player is never used for Draymond, and it's pretty remarkable how he has avoided that his entire career. And you can only give the credit of that to Draymond Green himself. True. Uh, and Calvin, you are correct. That is Sam Jones, not Casey Jones. And uh, yeah. <clears throat> just because we're on a Draymond topic, I don't, I don't want it to be just hate the entire time. Uh, playoff Draymond has really good stats. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, well, he, he, he only plays aver- in games he thinks matters. No, Wait, like literally. What are the stats? What the stats? Okay, so it's, it's not gonna be nothing mind blowing. Tell you that now. But he almost averages a double double with uh 12 and a half points per game, <laughs> so, uh 9.3 rebounds and six assists. Listen. You said he What's almost. The, what, are his, what are his percentages? I you triple double, and then you said he almost apples a double double. That that made me laugh. Uh, but twelve points, nine rebounds, six assists, uh, and that's with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and a little bit of KKD. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Uh, also has one point six steals, one and a half blocks per game, uh, shooting free throws at seventy four. Percent, but just go ahead and round it up. Uh, basically, thirty-two percent from the three-point line. One year he shot forty-one percent from the three-point line, which was twenty seventeen. Uh, early in his career. You said what? Not. Uh, not early. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was when they were out here winning rings and such. Yeah, and then forty-five uh, percent from the field. So you know, okay. it's not bad, but. I wouldn't be like, right. I'm not telling well, my kids about I mean, I'm like, I probably would. But, like, on, on that note, though, what was it you would ask me, like, prior to starting? It was something about the Grizzlies Warriors series or something. Yes. Shouldn't they just force Draymond to, like, try to be an offensive threat? Like, just give him space. Every time he has the ball, to like, do something. Like, mm-hmm. I, oh yeah, that was, that was just starting to tell you like before. I was like, all right, let's let's start. It's like that's probably like probably, but like what I would do right is all right. Let's say hypothetically we start with Jaron Jackson Jr. on Draymond by default. I I don't really know what they're doing. I don't remember what they're doing as far as matchups, and it'll probably change uh, tomorrow. But but like. I would probably have Jaron Jackson on Draymond and just literally just have him drop off, right? Free range defender. Right? Help on like like help double team on like pick and rolls. Right? Stay stay close to the rim because he's been a good shot blocker. Though he can rack up fouls really, really quickly. But he's great if he can stay on the floor. Um so Draymond's just gonna take advantage of that. So you gotta have another defender on him. Well, here's the thing. I would just tell him play all the way out. Like, don't even try and play Draymond for real, right? Like, if he comes around the rim trying to put it up, yeah, send it into the stands or whatever. But like, I'm not like I'm not gonna ask him to play defense on Draymond when Draymond's behind the arc. 
I'm not even. I don't even want you to pretend like you're playing defense on Draymond. And like, if he hits you, if he hits us up for like 35, it is what it is, because like, he did his job. But like, you don't want him getting the ball to everybody else. That's a much more dangerous situation. <laughs> 35 would be his career high. That changes nothing <laughs> at all. Uh, all right, since so we're talking about this uh, Warriors, Warriors Grizzlies matchups, I feel like this is the series that kind of reminds me of Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets, where like all our eyes are fixed on here. It's like, oh, this could be a really good series. Game one is a literally a nail biter. But I don't, I don't think this is gonna like be a long series. Like five oh, wow. games best. We're talking about five games best. I think the Warriors are going to take advantage of the Grizzlies' youth, and th- this might be a. This is going to be a battle of the coaches, and I mean that almost for like solidification things. Like if Steve Kerr does not make adjustments on here it goes right back to us being like all right probably not top 15 all time we'll, we'll find somebody else to replace him and then we look at your guy who wait, taylor jenkins right mm-hmm. we look at your guy taylor jenkins like okay if he can really make something happen like even if they push it to like six games depending on what he does this will solidify him as being like a serious coach not where we're like he's the younger coach pushing like this younger scrappy group, but being like, okay, you're actually able to do something here. So I feel like this matchup has like a lot of implications to it that we don't talk about as much outside of this one possibly just being like fun. And we got like the newer face of the NBA versus the dude who's kind of been like the man for the past five years. Huh. Like, that, that's actually a solid point. Uh, I'm going to be real. I, as much as I want them to, I don't think the Grizzlies will win this one just because, like, that inexperience that you talked about. But also, it feels like comparing, like, even their last game against Minnesota to this first game against Golden State, it almost feels like playing to the level, like, playing to the level of your opponent on some level. Right, whereas like, we don't think Minnesota's that good. So like, we don't play that good, and like, they they take us to six games. Um, but like, we take Golden State serious, and like, Jaron Jackson Jr. shot out of his mind. Granted, the dudes we actually weren't shooting the ball on a consistent basis. Forgot how. Um, no, like I think they're combined, like, three of like. 20 from deep, like uh, Dylan Brooks and uh, and uh, Desmond Bain, where they they shot very poorly. Um, from correction, three of 14, um, which is better, but you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. shot six of nine from deep, which probably won't happen too often because, like. I mean, like, if he decides, you know what, I'm just going to keep shooting it like I did in that game, I would very much appreciate that. But, like, 
he he's gonna come back with a different jumper tomorrow. I just I just know it. Um yes sir. Oh uh, no, I'll let you know. Never mind. Uh, um but like both teams had some issues, right? Golden State, um you know, Clay Thompson missed a lot of threes. Wiggins, fairness, I don't think he's ever been in an amazing three-pointer, but he went one of five from deep. Um, that said, Steph Curry went five of 12. Jordan Poole went five of 10. This is just from deep. Um, and, like, we got out-rebounded, which we, we can't really have happen with the size advantage and just general athleticism advantage. Um, and, like, I don't, I also don't think Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks are going to continue to shoot as poorly as they did in game one, um, which is something that should probably concern the Warriors a little bit, if for no other reason than, like, as a coach, we're talking about coaches, with the thing about the Grizzlies' backcourt, you have decisions to make, right? And when we talk about, like, the Timberwolves, they made their decision, which is no matter what happens, we are not letting Ja get to the rim. And Desmond Bain ate them alive with one of the wildest shooting displays I think I have ever witnessed. Just, he hit everything from back there, all series. It was great. Um, but... Um, like, maybe what the Warriors decided to do is to let Ja cook, more or less, and, like, live with that. But, like, they barely scraped by this in game one doing that. Granted, there were some really strange foul calls at various, well, not even foul, like, possession changes and such at various points. Um, like, there was a jump ball, like, near the end of the game. Because the ball went out of bounds. And, like, the refs didn't know who... Look. You're muted. Oh! You mean the one where they did the jump ball instead of, like, uh... uh yeah. Like, doing the play? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was, I was, I was listening on the radio, and uh, the ESPN analysts were so... Uh, Broadcasters were so confused. And like literally to the point where they're like, Wow, wow. Like it was like so confusing, like why they decided to do that at that point. Um it was like, yeah, the referees have like the discretion to choose. I'm like, that seems like somebody game on sport. So, <laughs> that's really like to me. That really what it sounded like somebody so, got money down. Like that, that that didn't make no sense. Okay. It didn't. I'm not gonna lie, it didn't. But, like, if I was to take a – so my limited understanding now is, like, I think because of all – because of people constantly complaining about the fact that, like, there was a point where it's, like, it seemed like every play at the end of games was being reviewed, that um, they change the rules, like, unless it's a challenge. They can't review it. Um, Ooh, it's the playoffs. Right? But If like, there's any a time to be doing it, it's now. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm just saying. And so, like, they can't – so apparently, I guess they can't go to the monitor in the last couple minutes unless it's a challenge. Granted, I'm not going – well, like, it did benefit us. I, I don't really know 
like why they were unaware that it was should have been Golden State's ball. Like I'm, I'm not complaining for obvious reasons, but it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, man. No, I <clears throat> no Draymond in Gang Two is really going to. I feel like that's going to be I, the. No, I think up. he's going to be in Game Two. I'm pretty sure. I thought. He's, I thought with the flagrant mm-hmm. too. He he out of here. No, so like he, uh, I'm trying to remember. So like, I think the way it's set up, I don't think he, if he gets like a, I think if he gets another flagrant or like two more flagrant ones or something, then he's gonna miss a game. So no. he should be in game two. Let me let me make sure because I thought I just saw something that said uh, Draymond out of here. And, you well, know. while you do that, um, I already have to point out the fact that shout out to Jordan Bead. That was messed up. He's out for game one. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry is also off of game one, but James Harden still has not been looking like James Harden. But he also has Tobias Harris, Maxi, and <clears throat> some other players around him. And people want to forget that, like, he did, he was James Harden from the Rockets. But, like, you know, James Harden didn't step up, so they don't fall behind because with Joel Embiid, some Sixers win. Without him, it's gonna be looking real, real, real tough. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm just peeping at the game. It's like, okay. Uh, well, I guess we'll have a series where uh, Jimmy Butler eats James Harden alive. I'm okay with this timeline. Hey, it's a bunch of wing defenders over there too. So he's gonna have to see a lot of bodies. And even Bam Adebayo can move his feet a little bit on the perimeter. So it's it's gonna be fun. Well, not for James Harden, of course, but I like James Harden. So, you said what? I like James Harden. Yeah, I feel I feel like your man's is lightly cooked. Like, say again. I feel like your man's is lightly cooked, like me, medium well. Okay, that's fine. Uh. <laughs> That's fine. I he not gonna he does age. Not everybody's LeBron James, uh, so I'm okay with that. Or Chris Paul apparently. Uh, um, I'm okay with that though. Uh, you know, I still like James Harden though. Always have. Um, he a bucket getter. Yeah. Go vegan. Stay at a strip club. That's how you. That's how you gotta do. Oh snap! So and get a wife. Man, man, have fun in his life. Let that man have fun. Let him live. Oh, I'm not saying he can't have fun. I'm just saying, no, you know, dude, that'll save you a hamstring or two. He fucked this man injured one time his whole career. All of a sudden, people tell him to change a whole lifestyle change. Man, let this man live. Hey, James, do what you want to do. You want to go to the strip club? Go to the strip club. You want to eat barbecue and whatever it is in Houston or in the Philadelphia? Do what you got to do. Whatever it is, though. Do it on like a lighter head, though. <laughs> don't excess. Uh-huh. Don't 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 be some so so gluttonous. This man will rock with detrimental behavior, but interviewing yourself is that's off limits. Uh, I will rock with detrimental behavior when you like a top three individual scorer of all time, like not when you almost average a double double in playoffs and somehow get into the Hall of Fame. 
Guys, I think that's that's a good stopping point right there. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm if if we keep this up, I'm just gonna say some wild stuff to go off, y'all. So it's time to go. Ooh, no, no. You gotta say no. your wild thing, then we can get no, out of here. No, no. <laughs> I will right. not do that. Since Calvin is a chicken, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I have been your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. And in front of me are my two best friends in the world, and they're going to go ahead and sign out for us. Once again, everybody, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. You're joining us on YouTube. You know, like, share, subscribe, leave something in the comments. Um, tell us how pretty and We like that. And um, except Philip, like I hope Ja can keep his shooting up from game one. That was nice. I was just confused about the whole tell us how pretty you are thing, but we'll continue on. Um, my name is Philip Dixon. Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> <Get him> much. <laughs> my name is Philip Dixon, uh, uh, aka I got nothing, Philly Hungy. Uh, and you know. Uh, Travel Hooper's podcast.